One day I asked my teacher, what use is math to me? She answered, when you're older, someday my boy you'll see There's a world of computer systems out there Full of valuable data and not secured with care And you can make a fortune in ransomware With a little bit of math It's called encryption, just a little bit of math Cause a conniption Lock the data, hide the key They'll pay up eventually It's all just math Ransomware is big now because it's organized You can buy it as a service and sell it for a prize There's a whole world of tempting targets to hack Governments, hospitals, schools to attack And they pay up in Bitcoin Hard to trace back, it's all just math We call it crypto, just a little bit of math No need to tiptoe Hackers whisper, don't be nervous We take pride in customer service Well, then I told my teacher, I'm feeling terrified. How can we protect ourselves from all this cybercrime? She said, don't click weird links or use password one, two, three. Make offline backups, invest in security. And that's when I realized how screwed we might be. Just do the math. So many systems, if they all took a bath. Wouldn't we miss them next time there's no meat or water or gas And we slide a little closer to the day of wrath You can blame IT or some Russian sociopath But personally, I blame math <laughs> That's so good <laughs> uh, Step Very aside, well Bo Burnham We've got faux Brazil now that's um, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And just so everyone knows they're in the right place, this is Breaking Badness episode number 89. We just wanted to present you with a really special song that was brought to you by Forrest Brazel. Um, and that song is known as the Ransomware Song. And yeah, it was spot on. Good find on Twitter there, Chad. Beautiful. This, this is the reason I keep logging into Twitter is so like once a year I get something that's worth my time. <laughs> yeah, I need to go back. You know, I didn't do this yet. I go back through his feed and see if he's done other ones of these, but that was brilliant. That was beautiful. Well, well done, Forrest. We hope you we hope you keep up uh, with this. Yes. I expect um, an album. <laughs> Be sure to follow him immediately on Twitter. I think his handle is, in fact, his name, which is Forrest Brazel. And it's linked in our show notes per usual. So major credit to Forrest. Thank you for letting us use this beautiful song to introduce people to episode 89, which we are recording on June 14th. And I'm your co-host, Kelsey. Another pun bites the dust, LaBelle. With me is co-host Chad, resident Revel Anderson, and last but not least, Tim, would you like to play a game? Helming. Um, and so before we get into our two articles, like we typically do in this podcast, we are going to do a hoodie rating for math <laughs> based on that beautiful song um, and how dangerous it, math can be, you know, so, you know. Chad, do you want to start us off? <laughs> Certainly, yeah. And for uh, you know everyone who uh, doesn't know about the hoodie rating, this is uh, we do after each article. We give uh, a rating of uh, one to ten hoodies in the in the mode of uh, the hacker preferred clothing um, of choice of how dangerous something is. And I would personally like to rate math 
um, as eight out of 10 hoodies. It's like, uh, it's, you know, a hoodie missing one sleeve. Um, it's pretty dangerous. It's pretty bad. And it's the cause of all of our recent woes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Tim? How would you rate math? Uh, I'm rating it 10 out of 10 because all of the worst things that we've ever rated 10 out of 10 as far as hoodie ratings all, guess what? They had math behind them. So mm. I'm, I'm going full 10 out of 10. However, the solutions uh, to many of these problems and the goodie ratings that we've given where we gave, like I don't know, have we ever done 10 out of 10 goodies? We've done high numbers of goodies. Well, that's also math behind that. So just keep that in mind. But but math, man, it's dangerous. You, you got to be careful of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, math has a similar tagline to the way we finish the podcast every week, which is don't drink and derive. Mm. Um, yeah. So there you An go. Excellent point. I loved uh, one of my uh, junior high algebra teachers um, so that they came to class with weapons of math instruction. Um, and they had to be looked out for. Dangerous algebra, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they uh math teachers have the best just passive jokes in their classrooms i think one of mine in high school had a just a bumper sticker pinned up somewhere that said four thirds of people have trouble with fractions <laughs> that's good yeah i like it that is well done <laughs> gets you every time <laughs> well we are going to get into our two articles after that beautiful rendition and then our math hoodie score um, and our first article today is survival horror. So following a ransomware attack back in November, gaming giant Capcom, who refused to pay the ransom, uh, this resulted in a whole collection of files being leaked. And so we're going to fast forward now to June 2021, and there's a lawsuit. And this is where things get a little interesting. The lawsuit is actually aimed at the compromised company, Capcom. So... Chad, can you brush us up on the initial ransomware incident that occurred in November, which feels like eons ago at this point? Yeah. Um, so November, that was like last week, right? Uh, <laughs> this was uh, back in 2020. Uh, Camp Capcom announced that they had been subject to a customized ransomware attack on their systems following unauthorized access to their network direct from their press release. Uh, reads real well. That's why uh, this leaked a lot of personal information from customers, sales reports, financial information, human resources data, you name it. Um, along with that was quite a bit on former employees, shareholders, corporate data. Needless to say, a lot of data um, came out of this. Uh, later on, it came out that the customized ransomware was actually Ragnar Locker. Uh, it's a popular variant that makes up a decent percentage of the affiliate market out there for ransomware operators. Uh, not as big as, say, like Conti or Egregor, um, but it does have a few percentage points overall in um, you know the shares of uh, ransomware compromises uh, that get reported in the media. Do you think plumbers will ever start offering services to to handle ransomware? I mean, they are good at fixing leaks. Hmm. That's, yeah. <laughs> Was that a, a plumber? Well, if you uh, think about it, chefs, yeah. chefs are good at fixing leaks too. Yeah, this is true. I All I want now is to drink Drano and get out of here. Uh, <laughs> That's not have good for some your pipes, nice Chad. potato leek soup instead. You'll feel oh, much better. I have uh, leeks growing in my backyard and somebody, we didn't know they were leeks and someone pulled one out. And I was like, did you just take a leak in my backyard? Mm. Um just, yeah. That is pretty great. Did they just, uh, I, I, I wish I had been there. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, how, okay. 
going back to the article, can you explain, Chad, why Capcom is staring at a lawsuit rather than the ransomware actors? How is this happening? Yeah, well, first off, no chance of getting a lawsuit against the ransomware actors. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good luck with that. Uh, But in the end, um, Capcom refused to pay the ransomware that the Ragnar Locker Group, um, you know, put up against them. So the Ragnar Locker Group ended up dumping Capcom's data on their leak site. So an artist is now suing Capcom because in their games, uh, they had suspected that their imagery from a resource CD had been illegally used without paying the artist um, in some of the Resident Evil um, games, which are really popular horror series, right? So this is a big deal um, as gaming companies and software companies are typically quite rock solid when it comes to um, use of uh, other resources for these reasons, you know, particularly, you know, we see this in the open source software uh, game all the time, like licenses are really... Um, respected by most companies um, by most companies as you say so uh this could be a huge lawsuit and the artist is claiming 12 million in damages 12 million dollars yeah uh, that's no small deal and did, how did the artist become aware of the the images in the dump do they know so in the court documents, they don't exactly say that it was through the dump that they became aware. I would suspect because of how high profile the Resident Evil games are that uh, they played the games and, and noticed the similarities, if I had to guess. Uh, if you look at the images side by side, it's super obvious. And I have no doubt that they'll win this case. Uh, the case details um, don't say the dump was be how they came aware, but they are using the breach data as evidence. And it contains things like matching file names and some other details that, uh, you know, shore up their potential to win here i just hope it gets accepted as evidence since uh i'm not a lawyer but it seems like leaked data um acquired that way would somehow be illegal and that it uh couldn't be admissible in court but this is also uh, you know why i can't give legal advice because i have no idea how that works <laughs> that's legal <laughs> <laughs> i am yeah i am very much intrigued um and eager to see the results of this potential pending lawsuit for that very reason. I think there's a lot um, that we'll learn from that. Um, But something that I thought was really interesting too is the Malwarebytes blog that's linked here in the show notes and as the source content for this material, um, they highlighted some changes in the land of PR for ransomware groups, this transition to Robin Hood tykes um, extorting from the rich and giving to charities. And I'm curious what you think about this trend, because that's not something that I had come across very much. Um, and I just was curious what you thought, Chad. Yeah, so this is interesting. We're getting more and more data on these ransomware gangs, particularly as more and more of them get uh, noisier. You know, we've seen a couple of leaks of ransomware gangs communiques into like a Bloomberg article earlier last week. I think there was something in WAPO a couple of weeks before that. Uh, you see some of their chats that have been leaked by journalists, or if you read their extortion pages, um, you can kind of get that the people behind these groups have all sorts of personalities. You know, it's not just like a... Um, someone wearing a, a guy fox mask, you know, doing the anonymous thing. It's it's a it's a spread. Um, and some honestly have tons of money now and are trying to shore up their image. Uh, some have political motivations. Some are just curious hackers uh, that have improved their socioeconomic situation, albeit you know at the expense of others. Uh, but it, this move uh, is one that shows like the diverse tapestry of backgrounds for these people who are ransomware operators and, and affiliates working with them and the, and the authors. So I, I wouldn't be surprised one of them catching a conscience is nothing new. Um, it's certainly not the first time that any sort of, um, you know, thief has felt the same way. 
You say catching a conference like it was a, a virus. It was accidental, and uh, yeah, they, they potentially <laughs> may regret it later. But you yeah. know, I hope it spreads. Yeah, the the, uh, the initial ethics broker um, it was the person that sold that uh, conscious to them. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Had that conscience been stolen from someone else? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. well. Now, yeah, probably ba, ba, best ba. to ransom it out. <laughs> I I just love to the blatant reminder that like malicious actors are people. You're just call it like they also have personalities like other humanoids. <laughs> yeah, we tend to think of them as like oh you know Avedon this you know horrible group and uh, really a lot of the times I'm reminded uh, in doing security research and and looking at uh, you know pulling apart someone's malicious software or whatever. Uh, I'm just reminded that it's just another nerd in a basement somewhere. You know, it's like, it's like, it's really what it comes down to. It's like, they really aren't that different from me. It's just that they, uh, they made their choices. I made mine. Um, but, uh, it, it is people who are still curious in the same way, uh, with computers. Just, uh, yeah, they're, they're on the opposite end of this. People game. in basements. Yeah, just nerds, nerds everywhere. This week on Moral Relativism with Domain Tools. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tim, that was so good. I'm worried NPR is just going to pluck you right out of our podcast with that voice. My gosh. Well, Chad, how does this trend that we were just talking about of sort of the Robin Hooding supposedly ransomware groups, how does that apply to this story we're talking about today? Yeah, so the whoever wrote the Malwarebytes article, I didn't look, proposes that we may see here like a trend um, similar to the growth of double extortion, where ransomware authors will look for compromising information in leaks and look to pre-sell that to legal firms before they ever even go to the, you know, leak site thing. Just another way to get a little bit of money. I, I guess I could sort of see this happening, um, but that's also a lot of additional work, right? Like if I go back to um, thinking about this as just another set of nerds in basements, like the fun part isn't culling through the data for them. It is, you know, compromising systems and doing this and, and getting a lot of money. Um, they don't really have the time to sit there and go through 700 plus gigabytes of data that they're going to be uh, dropping. So uh, that's why we see these leaks um, oftentimes containing just troves of garbage data, um, you know, because they just like throw it out there. It's just it's just, a, you know, it's a extortion tactic. It's not, um, you know, necessarily that they've curated something perfect. I mean, you know, in the case of like the EA leak, um, as well as like, uh, say the CD project red, you know, those are very specific, like meant to hurt those companies as the source code for their, um, games. But, you know, for the most part, I don't see someone going through, uh, you know, a terabyte of law firm data to try and find, um, something. It, it just doesn't sound like fun from a hacker perspective. Um, so I could see maybe they would hire a whole other team to do that. I know that some of these groups do have like basically employees. Um, maybe they could partner with a shady law firm on the side, uh, probably too risky for most lawyers outside of a Saul Goodman type. Uh, but yeah, it just seems like something that wouldn't uh, actually happen to me. But, you know, I, uh, I, I could be wrong there. You know, I just disagree with the author in that sense. I think it would be fascinating. I, I'm sure this already exists, and if it doesn't, it's, it should, is like cyber psychologists, because I would love to hear their interpretation of the mental gymnastics, too, to be like, well, I like hacking. I don't like doing bad things, so how can I find a way to feel moral, morally sound um, in this choice? <laughs> to like, yeah. 
to Robin Hood ransomware. Yeah, um, and, and then their their friend just says, "Look, when you're behind the wheel of that Lambo, you're gonna you're not gonna be worrying about that." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I just want to end on this question too, is we spend so much time in InfoSec begging organizations not to pay ransom. And I'm just curious what the implications are if the artist wins this case. Great call out. I mean, hopefully corporations aren't trying desperately to hide that they've been using people's content illegally. Uh, there was a great article posted earlier this month um, by Brendan Gregg um, about a demo that he got from Sun Microsystems back in the day where they were trying to sell him his own open source tools um, that he had written, which is like hilarious. And, and this stuff happens, um, you know, and, and it's absolutely wrong. But um it, in, ca- in the case that you're an organization that's doing something terrible uh, like that, then uh, maybe you are willing to pay uh, to keep your secrets. But I would hope at some point you'll get what's due to you for stealing um, as part of your standard business practice. But uh, yeah, I would, I would like to think it wouldn't change um, too much. Uh, but then again, you know, uh, companies are willing to pay a lot of money to shore up some legal assurance. So I don't know. So Chad's recommendations is don't do shifty things. And yeah. don't pay the ransomware and like, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Don't, the classic don't be a jerk, uh, Will Wheaton model. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, let's let's get into our hoodie rating for this one then. I'll, I'll start with you, Tim. What would you rate this at? This is a complicated story. And there are, uh, as the Big Lebowski would say, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of angles. Um, and... I, in the end, though, I think that the incursion and ransomware event was fairly routine by today's standards. The method of extortion, as Chad points out, wouldn't have worked as well if the um, if Capcom had sourced their uh, materials the right way to begin with. So, you know, that's there. There was sort of a self compounding uh, and self inflicted wound there. I, I'm going to go four hoodies on this one four hoodies excellent big lebowski reference by the way um chad would you agree with that rating yeah you know i would go uh i to use another big lebowski quote you know i feel that the art here that was stolen really tied the game together um, much as the rug really tied the room together, uh, <laughs> Big Lebowski. I'm, you know, there's, there's like a good mix of, uh, you know, goody here and that the artist was able to find out that, uh, their work had been stolen and they deserve to get paid for that. Um, there's also amount of badness and that Capcom was compromised. I'm going to go with a firm zero out of 10, um, just right in a, a neutral position. Um, and that's where I'm staying. A neutral stance. Mm-hmm. No hoodies and no goodies. The chat abides. Or or offsetting hoodies and goodies. Mm. You know, one one could also look at it that way. However yeah. it nets out as zero. Yeah, it's 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 math, you know. You've got like five hoodies and you do five goodies, uh, which are negative hoodies. It just brings it right back to zero. There you go. Oh gosh. Well, let's let's move into our second article for the day here. So our next article is titled Ransomware, it's in the game. 
EA has fallen victim to hackers who made away with the source code to games as well as other game development tools. Yikes. So we've got another victim of ransomware for our um, necessary ransomware segment. I guess our entire episode was once again about ransomware. So for those who aren't familiar, Tim, what is EA and what have these threat actors gotten their hands on? Well, if anyone is listening to this and hasn't heard of EA, then that means we're doing something right in terms of the uh, of expanding our reach because I think everybody in the InfoSec community knows the company Electronic Arts. Uh, it's one of the biggest gaming outfits older there uh, out there, and I believe it's one of the oldest ones also. I'm not positive about that, but it seems like they've been around forever. And they've got uh, titles like FIFA and Battlefield and The Sims and uh, a whole bunch of others. Um, by the way, just as an aside, this is the best way to enjoy championship level soccer or footy or the beautiful game without the corruption. Um, it's recommended. Anyway, uh, it seems like the source code for um, a bunch of the games, uh, including FIFA, as well as some internal tooling has been lifted from Electronic Arts. And so, you know, FIFA 21 is huge. Um, uh, they also gained access to the matchmaking server, which helps facilitate connected playing. So quite a lot of stuff. I think it was like 780 terabytes or something uh, altogether. It's it's a pretty big haul. Um, Chad, did you upset some very powerful people? But because between um, the uh, Fujifilm hack last week and then... Now people charging at EA, and I know you to be a very big fan of FIFA gaming as well as football in general. This mm -hmm. seems this seems kind of targeted, frankly. Yeah, I I feel uh, you know ransomware out there. Just keep making it personal. If you remember, I also eat a lot of meat, and they went after uh, you know a meat processing uh, company. So <laughs> you know, I think this is. If I had to guess, this is all about me. <laughs> <laughs> Has everyone seen that tweet? I'm assuming. I know I retweeted it. I'm going to pull it up so I do it justice. Um, where it's just like a, a list of different institutions that have been attacked by ransomware. So it's like NGOs, senior living facilities, IT security providers, charity schools, intelligence, LE agencies, major financial infrastructure. And then in the middle in bold letters, oil and meat that are circled um, and it says these recent cyber attacks are an escalation and they have clearly crossed the line <laughs> and the line is around oil and meat. <laughs> I did see that. And by the way, somebody said, uh, somebody did the, I fixed it for you where they changed the shape of that line to the outline of Texas, which seems appropriate. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh gosh. Well, Tim, relatively speaking, how valuable is the source is source code to companies like EA? Yeah. So by the way, I'm going to correct myself from a minute ago, 780 gigabytes. I, I, as soon as I said 780 terabytes, I thought, wow, that would be a pretty, pretty amazing download. Uh, but still 780 gigs is not trivial. Uh, okay. So how valuable, relatively speaking, is source code to companies like EA? Well, it's relatively everything. I mean, so there's really not a whole lot of a relatively to it. Uh, it's their intellectual property. Um, now, to draw a distinction, though, because intellectual property gets targeted all the time, if the blueprints for the next Tesla got stolen, 
Um, that would be different because even if you have the blueprints, it's not exactly trivial to set up a manufacturing, you know, setup to to do counterfeit Teslas or something like that. But source code for a game, on the other hand, um, that's that's the essence of the game itself. It's not everything because the production of finished software involves a lot more than just having the source code, but it is very fundamental to the business. And, um, and as I alluded to before, it's not just the source code of the games. Um, that does make it illustrate easy to illustrate what's going on here, but they got a bunch of internal SDKs and other tooling. So, uh, that point I made about how the source code isn't everything. Well, these attackers have gotten a lot more than just the source code. So it's a bad week for EA uh, any way you look at it. Woof. That is rough. I don't know why for some reason, but that's making me think of, you know, there's 3D printers that make other 3D printers. I feel like them achieving both the game source code and the source code for the dev tools is sort of the same thing. That is very unfortunate. <laughs> you, you've got me stuck thinking about 3D printers printing other 3D printers. You know, if you combine that with uh, the latest Boston Scientific terrifying robots, I mean, it's just, <laughs> let's it's just over. all go hide. Let's it's just, all over. We thought ransomware was what was going to get us, but it's the, <laughs> it's it's the robots. It's Boston the Scientific printers. dog bots <laughs> making more Boston Scientific dog bots. Terrifying. Yeah. No, that was, uh, I, I once was a cold calling salesperson and I spoke to somebody at a 3D printer shop and I asked that question jokingly, like, could you just make more 3D printers with your 3D printers? And they were like, yes. And I was like, what? Yes, we could. This is concerning <laughs> Don't to speak me. of this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, how, how did we initially, as the general population, find out about this ransomware incident? And do we have any sense of how these malicious actors got a hold of these uh, these source codes and tools? Right. Well, it turns out that malicious hackers uh, are not known for humility. Yeah. Benevolent hackers might be, but not malicious ones. So in, the, in true <laughs> malicious hacker form, uh, they were crowing about this conquest on some underground forums. And the folks over at Motherboard saw the postings indirectly. They saw them through a source. And then EA confirmed it to Motherboard. So it's definitely for real. Uh, and of course, this stolen uh, data is for sale. Now, how they got in is kind of clever in a FU, I hate your cleverness way. The entry point in this case was Slack. And so the way they did it, they got a hold of some stolen uh, web cookies and then used the access that they gained by that uh, to get to an internal employee Slack channel. Now, uh, how they um, got further along was they made up a story about having lost their phone at a party and they social engineered uh, electronic arts IT support staff to give them two-factor auth tokens so that they could log in as this employee uh, to the corporate network. And then from there, they did some fairly standard lateral movements some fairly standard pivot and escalate type stuff. Uh, they created a VM that gave them better visibility into the developer network and the access that they needed to download the source code and the other tooling that they got. Wowza, that is some intense social engineering. Um, I also just, every time somebody says underground forum, all I wanna do is be in London on the tube and have just a, a form people fill out 
Um, and that would be my underground forum that I would start. Well, I don't, I don't see any reason not to, you know, things are opening up again, travel starting to be a thing. Uh, it's pretty, it's still pretty, pretty dangerous in the UK COVID wise, isn't it? Yeah. It might be more dangerous when you're entering, um, Great Britain for that to be the reason for entry to say you want to start an underground forum. Good Mm. point. You know, that's, that's probably the part that you skipped during the, uh, immigration (laughs) little interview thing. Yeah. Tim, have there been any statements from EA? Yeah, there have. And you've got a feel for these folks. Um, So they said that a limited amount of data was stolen. And while that's true, you could also say there's a limited amount of sand in the Sahara. But really, what else can they say, right? So when you're doing crisis communications, you want to help keep folks calm. You want to portray things in the least negative light while still being truthful. And there are some minor bright spots here, like it does appear at this point that no personal player information was leaked uh, as part of these. So, so that's good at least, but you know, yeah, they've confirmed it and uh, um, you know, they're trying to do damage control and, and um, get their arms around uh, some kind of a recovery plan. Yeesh. Yeah. Certainly feel for them. And I think this leads to my final question, which is what can we learn from this ransomware incident? I mean, we just, continue every week to be talking about these. So I know it's tough to come up with sort of an original comment because these are truly a daily occurrence now. But if you have any any teachings from this to share with our audience. Well, it's a reminder that every single person, everyone is susceptible to social engineering. So it would be the height of hubris to assume that you, that it would never happen to you, that it couldn't happen to you. And sadly, um, one of the ways in which social engineering can be the most successful is when it capitalizes on people's impulse to, to help, to do good. So if you imagine that you're that IT support person at EA and you got this call from the purported employee who lost their phone. And, you know, as long as it's somebody you didn't happen to know personally, um, then you may or may not recognize their voice. And I think they did this via, via call, but it might've just been um, electronically, you know, typing anyway. But anyway, you're empathizing with that person who lost their phone. That sucks. And um, you might have some other evidence that they've provided that supports their story, that that's who they claim to be. And there you go. So uh, Bob's your uncle, as they say. Now they've gotten the social engineering over on the the person inside and they've got their access. We don't know a ton of detail about how, like how that literal social engineering conversation went. Um, We know that it worked. And so I think as, you know, when you, if you step back a little bit and look at the initial access for so many of the ransomware events that we see, it's through some form of social engineering, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be somebody having a conversation because phishing is a form of social engineering. You are trying to capitalize on a propensity of someone to do a behavior that you know that they're likely to do or hope that they're likely to do, click on a link, open an attachment, whatever it is. So social engineering uh, at in one way or another is part of a really big percentage of Uh, ransomware attacks. Very well said, Tim. And I'm glad we can at least have 
some takeaways to share with you all because it is painful to just <laughs> discuss ransomware all the time but not have anything helpful for you all to, to carry with you. So um, hopefully that was useful. And I think at this point, we're ready for our, our hoodie ratings. And Chad, I'm going to start with you. What would you rate this at? Well, you know, there's the uh, the person in me that purchases FIFA every single year and hates that there has been no updates and just they charge for DLC and, uh, you know, pay to play. The the part of me that hates EA as a company um, wants me to lower this uh, <laughs> on the hoodie scale um, and say, gotcha. But um, the, <laughs> the earnest part of me realizes that uh, this was a $10 Slack um, or $10 cookie um, that was purchased on underground forum, which then led to Slack access, which then led to a full compromise. Like it is literally a $10 compromise. Um, that is, you know, you can make a larger Starbucks order than that. So this just shows how, um, big of an issue, uh, this is and how easy it is to get into some of the largest companies in the world, um, that make massive amounts of money, uh, you know, by not updating any of their games and re-releasing them and causing us to charge. So, uh, <laughs> that being said, um, can't wait to play FIFA 2022. Uh, I would rate this a five out of 10 hoodies. It's a regular old ransomware party. Um, but it's just a, a little bit of the extra details are a reminder of, uh, how simple this can be to compromise your network, no matter how good your security is on the outside. And that really at the end of the day, um, ransomware, is not the initial problem that you have. It's, you know, BEC, it's it's spam passwords, it's, uh, you know, old vulnerabilities. That's how people are getting into networks. Um, the actual spread of ransomware afterward is uh, secondary here. I love your fine print voice, Chad. <laughs> it's like authentic Chad and then Chad's grumblings in fine print voice. Yeah, yeah. As I as I speed up my speaking from the already fast uh, speaking that I do. <laughs> Tim, what do you think in terms of rating? Yeah, I um, I'm kind of in the same place as Chad. It's somewhere right in the middle. So I'll just I'll agree for the sake of uh, harmony and concord uh, with a five hoodie rating. It has it doesn't have any hallmarks of being a particularly unique or dangerous attack vector. Um, but it was a uh, pretty big haul that the um, perps got away with. So five seems good to me too. Very nice. A nice fiver. Well, plenty of business has occurred. I think it's time for our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. And as a quick reminder, this is just like the typical game, Two Truths and a Lie, but rather than talking about ourselves, um, one of us each week comes with three article titles, two of which are true, one of which is lie, and tries to deceive the other two co-hosts. And I believe Chad is up this week, mm -hmm. and we're just going to try to suss out when he's lying. They're all lies. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to tell you now, they're all <laughs> lies. Everything's okay, a lie. I or picked maybe story number two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you have access to my lie generator? Uh, <laughs> small Python script I use for excuses for why I didn't get to things as well. You know, they say uh, that, that there are almost no random number generators that really are actually random. It's incredibly hard to to produce, and that might be true of the lie generator. So there's going to be accidental truths there once in a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, accidental truths. Wow. 
And if you want to get real stony with it, you could just say like in an alternate universe, man, in another timeline. Um, this was true. <laughs> so, string theory garbage. Uh, so <laughs> here we go. Story number one. Uh, ransomware affiliate targets U.S. nuclear arms contractor. Sounds very serious. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, number two. Putin agrees to exchanging hackers with U.S. if U.S. is willing to do the same with Russia in handing over U.S. hackers. Please don't, Biden. Uh, number three. Slack vulnerability allows for stealing of tokens, files, emails, and more. These are all really good. Wow. All lies. I, I definitely hope it's not the first one. I'm, yeah, I feel better that they're all lies. <laughs> Sigh of relief. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, one thing I do find interesting is you had comments about the first and the second one, but not the third. But you might also know that we caught that, and so that might in fact be a truth. So this is tricky. This is very tricky. Um, Plus the third one you know, is um, that's definitely true in the alternative universe. And it might be true in this universe, even if it's not, even if Chad made it up, it probably still is true. And it just hasn't been discovered exactly what the vector is yet. That's a really good point. Like maybe we just need to ban all discussions of vulnerabilities because all software is bunk and vulnerable um, as part of the two truths and a lie. Because at like some point it's going to be true and you never know when people are going to be listening to the episode. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Like you could say you could just make a lie at any point that's like open SSL has a major game changing uh, broken vulnerability. And uh, it might not be true this week, but probably next week. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I'm, I'm putting it out there, and I'm just going to guess that the second one is the lie. I'm going to agree with Tim's joking assessment as we started this game. Uh, number two is the lie. That's my best guess. Since I'm not really sure uh, which of these, you know, I, this is good deception work. Then I'm just going to, I'm going to go with my original instinct too. I'm just going to say the second one's a lie. That's, that's it. I've, I'm consistent. I've said the second one was a lie since before we even sat down to record this episode. I stand by my statement. (laughs) We've subconsciously made sure that the second one you have subconsciously made sure the second statement is the lie. I think you're onto a new trend here, Tim, but okay. Chad, go ahead. Wow. Good job, guys. Actually, I'm lying to you. The the lie is the Slack vulnerability. It is a Microsoft Teams vulnerability um, that is allowing for the stealing of tokens, files, and more. Ransomware affiliate did target a U.S. nuclear arms contractor on Friday. Um, and this morning, uh, June the 13th, I believe is what today is, Putin did agree to exchange hackers with the U.S. if Biden was willing to do the same with Russia um, with U.S. criminals. Um, but unfortunately, one of the things about Putin and his regime is they got a really loose definition of criminal. <laughs> so. Seriously, flexible ethics uh, yeah. mean. <laughs> Flexics. Yeah. Yeah. Flexics. You know, moral relativity uh, is a is something that was invented in Russia. Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Jeez. Well done, Chad. 
those were those were tough. Two points for you. I I, uh, I really Ooh. wish the first one had been the lie, but um, me too. You know. Yeah. Okay. It's crazy they're doing that to people's arms. <laughs> oh gosh. Now I'm imagining an arms race as people. Um, you know, it's like that the wheelbarrow. Thing oh, the human wheelbarrow is, thing. The human wheelbarrow and um, just videotaping the arms, and that's an arms race. I feel like that's a uh, the oatmeal cartoon like waiting to happen. Like a bunch of people just like disconnect their arms and then like let them uh. race across a field, uh, <laughs> just crawling their way rapidly. It's like it's kind of like a uh, you know Adam's family. Uh, thing except would, with the whole arm attached would they be able to stand up you know and run like that or would they have to kind of cr- cr- grab their way with the fingers across the you know that's more likely but the first one is much more interesting to imagine i, would I mean agree. i would think of like movement wise it would be much faster to do kind of like a bend and launch motion um <laughs> than like a walk on the fingertips but uh you know i i would have to lean on some experts in locomotion uh to really uh you know get that proper experts in uh, severed limb still functioning uh locomotion i think you want to talk to the zombie people about this i think they're the closest <laughs> probably <laughs> to this area of study yeah excellent Oh, now I'm going to laugh every time I hear arms race. And that's not always in a very appropriate reaction. Um, thanks, guys. Oh, Breaking shoot. badness. Making arms race is fun again. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, thank you all for sticking with us. And again, uh, we want to also thank Forrest Brazel for allowing us to reference his gorgeous The Ransomware song. Um, it's going to be stuck in my head all day. Um, and of course we'll be back for episode 90. How crazy is that? We're almost in the triple digits guys. Wow. It's hard to believe. It is. We'll we'll have to have a reunion. We'll have to get, uh, you know, Tarek and Emily back and get Alan on the show again. Yes, absolutely. Get Joe Slowick in there too. Yes, certainly. Um, Yep. We have lots of folks. That should be a big, big old, uh, round table. That would be fun. Maybe one of these days in the aftertimes, we can throw a Breaking Badness party at a show. Um, we can have like a little Black Hat Breaking Badness crew because we've had so many people on the podcast. It's been so fun. So um, thank you for staying with us, listeners. And we'll be back next week for episode 90. Oh, I forgot to say bye. <laughs> you can you can leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> no, bye, don't. Chad. Ain't no lie, breaking bad. Bye, bye. No, don't put that in the episode. That was fucking <laughs> terrible. I didn't realize you were still recording. That cannot exist in the episode. Damn. <laughs> <Wow>. uh, <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> bye, bye. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.